Welcome back to another episode of Unscripted Exchanges. Uh, super excited to be here, Hayden. How about you? I'm having a blast, man. Today's a big day. I think this might be episode number eight zero. Dude, they're getting up there. The lucky 80. The lucky know. 80. And I think we've got one of the coolest guests. High energy, super awesome story. We've got Chris Ratterman from Shady Rays on here today. Chris is an entrepreneur. He's the CEO and founder of Shady Rays Sunglasses and Eyewear. They are a lifestyle eyewear brand that really fills a need in my life. I mean, personally, like, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just go on a side tangent for a minute. I I'm not a person that loves brands. I'm very much a brand agnostic person, meaning I really don't care if it fills a need. But I'm also that person that if I find something I do love, like I'm dedicated to it. And these sunglasses are easily my favorite pair of sunglasses I've ever owned. And I've had Costa stuff, I've had Oakley's, I've all that stuff. So just a little side note, I had to go on a tangent. But we've got Chris here. He's going to tell his story. He's going to tell us about why he founded Shady Rays, what they've got going on. Um, it's going to be an electric episode. So Chris, thanks for coming on. Super excited to have you. Just had to throw in my love for the brand here when we started off. <laughs> Always appreciate it. Really excited to be here with you guys. So, Chris, uh, let's just dive on in. I mean, Cole and I have done a little bit of, of research. Cole obviously knows a little bit more, uh, given the fact that he does work with you uh, <laughs> in his day-to-day -day job. Uh, but anyhow, why don't you kind of just give us a little bit of background in terms of how you got to where you are, uh, your kind of journey, uh, some of the highs and the lows, uh, things like that. So I, I founded Shady Rays in late 2012. So we're a little bit over a decade old, which is kind of crazy to think about at this point. I was working in corporate brand management at the time. I was actually in a very different industry around here in Kentucky. One of the big industries is bourbon. I was working in bourbon marketing. and But I was doing a lot of lifestyle marketing, brand partnerships. And it was the early days of Instagram influencers, mm -hmm. Facebook advertising, fan pages, these kind of things always had the entrepreneurial bug and always wanted to try new ideas and build something. Um, I was the person that was always pitching one crazy idea after the other to friends and such. Uh, but when I came up with the idea for Shay Rays, I was super passionate about it. Came up with the name. Shockingly, the .com was available. The, ta the trademark is available. The, in the Instagram handle was available. Those are all the stuff, all the things you check first, right? You right. go to GoDaddy.com, is a .com <laughs> Go to uspto.gov. Yep. Someone else uses it. You Google it. Like almost always someone is using it. That's just the reality of this. Right. Like, then you have to like tweak it, right? You're like, oh, I have to change this or or spell it differently. And you're like, oh my, you're like, hold on a second. It all it's all available. You're like, this has got to be a sign, right? Well, I was like, yeah, yeah, right. There's gotta be a reason. There's <laughs> gotta be a reason. So uh, but you know, uh likes sunglasses, always been super passionate about sunglasses. As a kid, wanted Oakley's. My, my parents wouldn't buy me Oakley's. So I never had a pair of those. And it was just fascinating to me that people would, which is nothing against any other brand, but you, you would take this $300 piece of plastic and you put it in your face and then you go out and like water ski, get, get in the mud, get in the dirt, get in the sand and, uh, you know, high stakes, high stakes. So um, so I developed the name, the name Shady Rays, thought about the product category, love the product category. I was trying to figure out what is a differentiator in sunglasses that would be compelling 
And the way I did that is I went to search.twitter.com and I was looking up negative terms, negative commentation, cuss words related to sunglasses. Okay. And found hundreds of people a day, without exaggeration, hundreds of people that were upset they were losing and breaking sunglasses, usually the high price sunglasses. Okay. So that's where our lost and broken came from. Quality with the lost and broken. And of course, the social mission and purpose driven aspect of our company is a really important part too. And from then, uh, from there, we were off to the races. Really, it was a side bedroom project. I put in a little bit of my own money, all that I had, didn't have that much. We didn't raise funds, um, but found a manufacturer, an accountant, a lawyer, a graphic designer, all kind of on the side, contractors, and pieced it together, got some product that initially was stored under the bed uh, in a big tote. And, uh, and I wasn't worried actually how to ship it. I was worried about like, can we actually figure out how to sell this stuff and just tested a lot of different things. So, you know, throughout the, the whole journey, and I'll say this and I'll stop for a minute, but there wasn't really a silver bullet moment. It was always two steps forward, three steps back, vice versa, trying all of these different angles of which we did through digital to mall kiosks to, you know, it's on college campuses selling like all of these things to both learn about the brand, see what makes sense, optimize it and figure out how we can and how we can grow it. Um, so it really was kind of this real time experiment. Mm -hmm. Shady Rays, when it first went into the world, looked very different than it was today. So people always ask me, like they look at ShadyRays.com now, like, how did you think of this? Like, I did not think of this actually. Of something <laughs> that's sort of in this ballpark. Right. And I put it out there and then we we changed it and we tinkered with it. And we chipped away at it and, and it and it comes to what it is today. So that's awesome. And it sounds like a lot of resiliency along the way. I mean, it sounds like you also pivoted, um, you know, trying to fine tune what made the most sense. And I think that's just a successful recipe in the long run. I mean, no matter what industry you're in, you got to always be willing to adapt and try to figure it out. Well, one of the things, Chris, that I, I mean, I, I love about that story and, and kind of the tone you had throughout it is the fact that you're talking about like, hey, things never, I never had it all figured out. All I knew is that I had to move forward. Like we'd make a step, we'd, 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 we'd get, a, we'd get a, a great, great feedback for this, but then two other things went wrong. So we'd have to change and pivot and move. And I feel like, and I've learned this, I mean, I, you know, you probably know me well enough just from working with me in your retail settings, you know, Lindsay and Stephanie, I, I told them I'd give them a shout out are phenomenal to work with. They're awesome. Um, they are, but I mean, your, your team is very much like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And you've probably seen that in me is let's try it. Let's see if it works. Let's see if we like it. Let's, let's keep moving. And what I love about that story and kind of just your energy and explaining that is that you didn't, you didn't know what was going to be way out in front. A lot of people say, oh, well, like I have to perfect everything. A lot of entrepreneurs and even people in corporate jobs or any job they're at, like it's got to be perfect, right? So I'm going to put all this effort into making it what I think is perfect without getting feedback, without testing anything, without actually seeing what the real world's going to think of it, you know? And that slows people down, right? That's a dream crusher. Because if it never gets to this unrealistic expectation you have cooped, cooked up in your mind, then you get to the point where people are like, you know, well, why'd you quit on it? Well, it just didn't work out, right? Or or the market wasn't right or a lot of that. And, and I'm a big believer in like, you don't know what it's going to end up like. So you just got to take the little wins as you go. And I love, love, love the fact that you sat there, pushed it forward, and you, you're like, I didn't know it was going to look like this. 
I didn't know this is where we were going to get to. I hoped, right? You probably hoped, you dreamed, you knew you wanted the brand to grow, but you had to do every little thing along the way. I just, that gets me excited. Just hearing that, that tone of how you approached it, I think is a huge lesson for anybody tackling a project or like a new business. Yeah. I mean, I try to talk about it all the time. It's like, they, you know, they say that execution is the scene of the crime after you develop a 30 page business plan. Right. Cause you, and I always tell a team, you cannot decide winners and winning programs in a conference room. We don't decide in a conference room. The market will decide. Customers will decide it. So let's come up with six things, do all of them. They're like, well, how do we know which one's going to work? Well, we don't, but if we do it, then we'll know. A week later, we'll know. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so contain, you know, try to keep it contained. Don't get too wild with it. But, um, you know, I, I, I very much look at it like that. One of my favorite quotes is from Yvonne Chouinard, founder of Patagonia, listening to listening to his story. Uh, and he said, you know, when he started, he just take a step forward, see how it feels. Take another step forward, see how it feels. Take a step forward, see how it feels. So people don't want to take the step forward um, because there's too many reasons not to. You guys sleep on it too long, you're just not going to. You have three reasons why it won't work today and if you sleep on it, you'll have 10 more tomorrow. So that's why I love like you guys done and just jumped in and done it. And that's kind of what it's been for Shay Ray's. Like there's no ego then middle of the road now. Like I'm just super curious about doing that next thing and just building it. And that's still how it is. It's still how it is. We're not this big company that we have it all figured out. We're, we're still figuring it out because the market's dynamic and technology's dynamic and customers want different things. And, um, and so I just try to keep that, that mentality and we want to do things strategically and we do things Things strategically, certainly, and we're doing more of that, more of that, especially with a larger team. But fast iteration and not getting too fancy, um, you know, I think it's important now. It's especially early, mm-hmm. important in the early days. You know, not to get fancy. Don't build out your whole team. Don't build out this, that, and the other thing. Don't get an office before you before you need it. Like, keep it simple and and focus on the things that move the needle. So I want to go back to. Uh, I know I'm, I'm still in the spotlight, Hayden, but I'm super super curious. So you you were talking about the early days, uh, and and when you first started off, how you kind of saw an industry, you were interested in it, and you were like, oh, let me let me start investigating. How how long did you? How much time or how long did it take for you to to feel like okay, I really have something? Was it six months? Was it a year? Like I, I just I, I feel like that's always a good question to ask entrepreneurs because it it varies. But like, when did you know okay? This is something that's got enough meat on it that I can run with. It was a long time. I'll tell you that. First of all, in the early days, there's a lot of hurry up and wait. A lot of waiting for samples to be developed and shipped. And then you have small changes. And then you got another 60 days to wait on that. There's just a lot of things that do slow it down, at least in our case, Mm -hmm. and especially for a product company and probably all companies. And then figuring it out. I always tell people, I went into... People say, you know, Facebook ads, do they work? Do they not work? We're having trouble with it. I ran Facebook ads every single day for an entire year and lost money and did not gain a single track of a sale. Not one. So we just kept hammering away at it. Um, and, you know, I tell you, talk, talk about it started in 2012, right? That's when the company was form, formed. It was not until early 2017 when I said, uh, I think I can quit my day job and I think we can make this thing work. And at that point we were doing pretty good volume year round, including in the winter selling sunglasses. So I'm like, okay, we've got, 
a pretty good base here. And I would say that's the moment. I would say it's three, four years in my case uh, to really feel like we've, we've got the model down to a pretty good degree. I know you got some stuff, Hayden. No, I mean, I, that's fascinating. I'm smiling over here, uh, listening to your story. That's, that's super uh, amazing and inspiring that you stuck with it. I mean, it sounds like, you know, as you were just highlighting there, it wasn't a big success right off the bat. And, you know, a lot of people these days, unfortunately, think that success comes overnight or pretty quickly. And part of that's just through social media these days they only highlight the highlights. They don't show you, you know, what the hell really goes on to get to that uh, breaking point or that inflection point is a better way of putting it. Um, one question I do have for you, and I think you've been hinting at this with your story around taking that next step, just pushing forward, executing, fail fast, learning, iterating, etc. How do you deal with moments of well, I'm not entirely sure or self-doubt. Everyone deals with it. I don't care if you're the biggest CEO of a Fortune 10 company. Everyone has those emotions. How does Chris handle that and push forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, so I would say I'll answer it in the early days. I'll answer it right now because very different scenarios. Mm -hmm. In the early days, I'll say this. It was it can get pretty dark because you're you're sacrificing personal relationships and pretty much your, all of your own personal time for something that is not only not winning, but actively losing you money. Yep. So I'm like losing my life savings every day to not hang out with my friends um, month after month, right? But for me at that time, it's more of a personal anecdote. Maybe it's broader, I don't know. But um, I had just kind of made this decision that I was going to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be my life. So it was going to be plan A and B, C, E, D, and F. And so at some point, this wasn't going to take off. It was going to be something else, but it was going to be something entrepreneurial. And that was just going to be the life I was going to be. Right. So you can't, you can't vote, you can't like put a time on it. If I would have put a time, if I would have made a time bound, like, I'm going to give me the, I'm going to give the summer to see if these two things going to take off. It's going to we fail. wouldn't be talking right now. Fail. We would not know each it's other. Gonna it's going to fail. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. And it's like, that's why most things fail. So, you know, same thing with a lot of things, right? Like you apply it to fitness or anything else. Like if you just grind at it, eventually, eventually the scoreboard catches up with you. Um, even if it's not there in the, in the, in the, for, in the, in the foreground today and in, in, in today's world, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, right? Cause I'm I've got a full leadership team. We've got, you know, full departments of team members, and I'm making decisions that impact people's projects and um, a lot of investment and that kind of thing. Um, mostly it's just trying to use as many smart people as I can to be a sounding board and be partners in those decisions. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as you can just surround yourself with smart people and be humble and, uh, and then inevitably make the call, that's what I'm trying to do. So I, like you mentioned, I, I'm very fast paced in our early days. Like I'm just boom, 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 boom. Okay. Show me one thing. Here's the decision. Go next. And that was like a very, you know, that was the scrappy model, but today I've got to, I can't do that. It's mm -hmm. not productive for me to do that, especially when other teams are leading things. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely find time to sit back and I'm not confident about every decision. Um, so that's where we just got to go. We've got to go deeper. We got to do new well, analysis and such. Well, I think, you know, that's a product of the environment though, right? 
like the first thing you know you're talking about you know if i would have thought hey i'm only going to give this a certain amount of time i can relate that to like when hayden and i said we're going to do the podcast right how many how many millions and millions of people out there want to start a podcast talk about entrepreneurship and i mean right if we had looked at that and been like oh well we'll try it for six months and we'll do 30 episodes and see if it works like i remember the conversation we had we said we're going to start we don't and we're just not going to stop. We're just going to keep on producing, keep on creating content. We don't really know where it's going to go. We don't know what it's going to what's going to happen, but we're going to keep pushing. And there's a beauty, right? Chris, you kind of hit on it. There's a beauty in not having an end, end timeline in mind. There's a beauty. Sometimes there's a beauty in saying, "Hey, there there are things in life you got to say, "Hey, I'll give it 2 years. If it doesn't work out in 2 years, I got to stop." But there's this like almost for me, it's almost this humbling, like realization that like, just, I'm not going to stop. I am not going to, I'm not going to stop moving forward. There's nothing that's going to stop me from moving forward and I'm not going to quit on it. Right. I'm not. And, and for you, it sounded like the, you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting my, like my flag in the sand. I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm never going to stop chasing that. Right. I don't know where it's going to get. And that to me is just, that that's just super, super cool. But I think like you said, coming back to your comments about early stages versus now is like in the early stages, you had to go, 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 go. And you didn't have the team and you couldn't, you couldn't sit and, and strategize because you had to build a foundation too, right? The less, the more time yeah. you spent not building the foundation, you weren't able to grow and get where you wanted to go. Um, and I heard this comment the other day, which you were you were kind of hitting on. I was talking to an owner of a retail, uh, a big retail company here in the Midwest, and a retail here in Bayside, Cincinnati, and they've they've got locations in, in Indiana and uh, Michigan and uh, all over Ohio and and Kentucky. And he's like, you know what the the hardest thing for me to grow? He's like, it's not money. He's like, I got I got money. He's like, it's not a business model. I know the business model. He said, it's the people. Having the right people in place to not only make decisions and push things forward, but to also give me input and provide and, and cause I'm, he's like, I'm not, I'm by no means perfect. He's like, but the hardest thing for me. And so what you've done is you've put the right people in place to help you get to where you guys want to go. And, and yeah, sometimes it does slow things down, but that's not, a, that's not always a bad thing either. Exactly. I, I think you hit on a lot of great points there. I think one uh, point that I want to just reemphasize to our listeners here, since there's a lot of young entrepreneurs that tune into our show, is you can't really time box, you know, whatever startup or company you're looking to pursue. However, you need to continue to execute and push forward. That doesn't mean you continue to do the same damn thing every single day. And maybe it does, but like that's the definition of insanity. If you're going out there and you're tactically doing the same thing and you don't see a difference in results, well, how do you expect things to change? It sounds like through your journey and your story, you fine tune things no matter where if it was in your early days or what you're doing today, it's not the same thing that you did last week or last month. You're always looking to grow and figure out how do we optimize and get better, which is extremely important. Yeah. It's a, it's a crucial, crucial point because you've got, you've got both. You've got the patience of 
you really don't know. There are a lot of external factors that win this with hit. And we've talked about that already. But to your point, you've got to be going quick and going hard and and getting it going because you got to gain some momentum. It's way too easy to lose it, lose the momentum. And so you've got to get moving and you got to keep it and keep grinding on it. Um, you know, like I heard recently a quote that you know, a lot of hard work happens under the surface. It doesn't reveal itself. It reveals itself later. Uh-huh. Right. And so all of that is just bubbling under the surface. And that's kind of the can be the the hard part as well, because you don't know exactly what it's all working towards. But if you do lean in on something and you drive it really hard, you work on all the creative ideas that you can, whether it's the idea you're working on or if it's another idea, success breeds success, experience breeds breeds other opportunities. Um, like you'll hear a lot, like six, luck, you know, happens through hard work and and hard work creates these serendipitous, serendipitous moments where you can kind of activate on. And so it's all just part of that process. That's for me, why for me, it was helpful just to like commit to that lifestyle, just commit to that's what's going to be. And, um, but I will say, certainly, I'm glad you made that point because certainly it takes the, the, you got to get up to that, up to speed and kind of get conditioned to just do all that work. And then look at, like I said, I think it's looking at the scoreboard later. Like I'm checking sales every day, even back then, say zero, I'm still checking it. Like, not like I'm not checking the numbers, the numbers. Don't get me wrong, but um, but you can't like base your own self worth on that. You know that's kind of the the, the kicker. The kicker. You Absolutely. just made me think of a a quote, the luck quote. I heard this. So Chris, this was uh, I think ten years ago now. My first. So I don't know if you know this about me, Chris. I'm gonna share some personal information. So I I had my daughter when I was 19. My first daughter, 19 years old. Uh, she was a surprise, happy surprise, best surprise. I'm married to my my now wife. We've been married for eight years. Best thing that has ever happened to me. Nothing will ever compare. Having that first, you know, because it it obviously it changes the trajectory of my life, right? I kind of look at it as, you know, I was like, uh, if if God was a practical joker, he'd say, I got you. Like, figure it out, right? Like, here you go. Here, you know, you, you don't take anything seriously enough. Um, and so so I I, I kind of give you that background because I had to get into I had to get into a profession quick. I needed to make money. I had to support my wife and, and my daughter. So I got into sales. I was like, okay, like what can I get into? I started off in retail sales at 20 years old, selling on straight commission and got pretty good at it, started making good money. And then I wanted to move back to Cincinnati to start my own business. I came up with this, it was actually called the Parity Pool Monitor. And it was a device that would float in the water and test your pool for you and then send you like, Hey, here's what the te- here's what the temperature is. Here's where your chlorine's at. Here's what you, right. Here's what you got to do. And it's because I was getting so many customers that were coming in testing their water, and they would never listen. So I'm like, oh, this would be great. So I moved. I was like, wh- I told my wife, we got to move back down to Cincinnati. This is where my partners are at. This is where I've got resources. Move back down. Um, and I I built that, and you know, and I can tell you, Chris, I'm not giving my whole backstory. I can, I can give you more details of that at a later stage. But I mean, I spent three and a half years on that. Um, moving from that to aquaculture unbelievable experience. And as I was building that company, I was working. Uh, so I took a job in, in IT and telecom. And I remember my first four months, I never sold any any telecom. I never sold, never been in IT. I, didn't, I, I mean, I, I barely knew the basics. Immerse yourself, figure it out. And you make money. 
first four months, I sold a deal that was like $180,000. And the company I worked for at the time was like, we've, you don't even know what you're doing. We've never seen this done before, right? And, and they were like, all these other salespeople are kind of like, oh, it's luck, it's luck, it's luck. And our sales manager said, it's not luck. He's been here working after hours every single day. Where you guys all go home, he's prospecting. While you guys are all taking extra lunch and joking about the deals you closed, he's paying, he's reading these manuals. He's figuring out, he's like, so he's like, you guys call it luck. And he said, but it's, and this is stuck with me. I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. It means you've prepared so much and you've done so much work that it's really, you're not getting lucky. You've created your own luck. And I like it gives me chills just thinking that because like, like that changed. I was like, oh, now this this makes sense to me, right? The harder I work and the more I prepare, like the better things will go for me. Um, and so it just made me think of that anecdotal story as you were telling that because like that to me is like how I try to live my life. That's no, amazing story. It's an amazing story. So many parallels. It's pretty and uh, and and also hard work's the only thing you control. The main thing you you have in your control, no matter where you come from, what your experience level is, what your age is, whatever it is. Um, it's part of that journey. So. It's your effort. It's your effort, right? So so anyways, I I, I wanted to kind of switch gears on you because we've, we've kind of heard some of your background. I know we could go more into this, but one of the things I think is really neat that you've built into your culture at, at Shady Rays and, and it clearly stems from your belief system as a human being is the social aspect, the giving back, um, the the partnerships that you guys have with organizations that are helping to, you know, I know like, you know, you know, and I, I know there's some new ones going on, so I'm not going to name drop any specifically because I don't know if I'm totally up to speed on the changes. But overall, the social the social impact you guys have had and built into your your company. Can you tell me a little bit about like how you did that? and why why that was so important and if you've got any more news on on who you guys are working with right now i don't want to i don't want to misspeak so <laughs> yeah i mean it's always just been important to me to to do business and um and have my work my efforts have a higher purpose and you know had the desire to give back you know really throughout my life but as i got into business saw that as a big opportunity to do so kind of inspired by other companies that have done uh, done a lot of good. So in the early days, we were having conversations with early customers about causes they were passionate about, just different things. And uh, food insecurity in America became something that really, really came to the surface. And we started a partnership with Feeding America back in the early days and uh, donated a lot of meals over the first uh, 10 years of the company. We've done 25 million meals, every order, uh, has donated about 10 meals uh, until we've launched our new impact program. And we built a phenomenal relationship with Feeding America and we're able to, to just grow our efforts. Uh, now we've launched Shady's impact program, which has the goal of broadening, in, still including Feeding America, still okay. fighting insecurity. And in addition to that, broaden our efforts um, to some other causes that were that our team is passionate about and that we can get raise awareness through our community and drive drive engagement with our community of customers 
on too. Mm-hmm. One of those organizations is the Rock Solid Foundation, incredible, credible group of people. Um, they, their founder um, had, had pediatric cancer. They build play sets for pediatric oncology patients. And uh, so we are building play sets through them. Um, and our team has, has built one um, for, for a young child recently um, in the state of Kentucky. And then we also are giving ready bags to um, to uh, children who are diagnosed with cancer in the state of Kentucky. In addition to that, we work with an organization called First Sense. They do outdoor adventure trips and experiences of a lifetime for people that are diagnosed with cancer or MS or other serious conditions. Our team is actually going on those trips with those with those particular people that are selected, and we're really, really, really excited to get to get closely integrated with that group. Um, they are out of Colorado, but have trips all throughout Appalachia and, and the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we work with V Foundation. We work with uh, Best Day Foundation in San Diego. We, of course, Feeding America still. We've, we've picked up four and a half million bottles out of the world's oceans through our sales in Australia. Uh, breast cancer awareness. Like, we're just trying to... Dude, you're making an... In- I mean, that's why you call it the impact phone, right? I mean, you're trying to make an impact. Like, that's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, I like I said, I and I knew uh, from talking uh, with Lindsay about the. I was like, I wish I got the invite, Chris. By the way, next place that you build, I'd love to do that. I mean, any opportunity. Oh. Yeah, I'm in. Count me in. Like that was, but that's just like such a cool, such a cool way to give back. And also, you know, me, you know, as a as an entrepreneur at heart, and and like just, uh, I mean, I'm very just love people and love love doing things and moving. And it's just neat that you were able to to take your dream of being an entrepreneur and marry that with like, how do you not only like build a life that you want for yourself, but also like feed that into impacting others, right? Because I think a lot of the times people get stuck is like, oh, how can I help? Or what can I do? And it's like, you kind of kind of did both. Like that's, that's kudos to you. That's, that's phenomenal. And you're continuing to do it. And you can do both. You know, we didn't do it for a marketing benefit. We don't use it in our, you know, our, our first test ads or anything, but it can be both. That's why I think it's, it, it's great when businesses can do it because there is benefit and consumers appreciate it. People appreciate it in general. And, um, and it's, it's amazing to be able to continue to increase our donations as we scale and all of it, you know, all boats rise in those cases. So I want to, I want to, um, not that this isn't super important, but I, one of the things I've always wanted to ask you about, this is the perfect opportunity. So just get get prepared. Oh, boy. Um, well, I'm, I'm super interested in it. And Hayden and I talk a lot about it. I mean, I'm uh, from from a marketing standpoint, Shady Rays, I, I feel like I see you guys everywhere. I mean, like, I feel like when I'm talking about it, I'm going to get texts. From like, hey, have you like checked out our recent sale? And my, I guess my question to you is, you know, how did you how did you build this brand from a marketing standpoint? Like, what did it look like in the early days? And what are some tips you would give to to new entrepreneurs or people in business that are trying to build out a marketing or or media platform? Because from what I can tell, you guys, I mean, have a lot of the bases covered. Yeah, we have a very complex program between all of our marketing and promotion and many types of media, if you name it, we're on it. So that is true. <laughs> um, 
it, it gets built over time. I would say advice for other entrepreneurs, it is key to know your unit economics, your margins and kind of what you can afford to, and how you're going to measure each individual platform. Mm -hmm. So we measure a podcast ad very different than Google search ad, very different than national television commercial, very different than a billboard. So getting clear on on that um, and probably for a new entrepreneur starting in those things that are more measurable, like the digital media channels. So where you can advertise on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, a TikTok, a Google, um, that is, you know, historically is a good place to start. There are other things just to kind of continue to layer on. Podcasting has been a really great one for us. Um, people tend to act on coupon codes from hosts and different things. And, and that is very measurable. So you can measure with coupon codes. You can measure with increases in website and search traffic incrementally to incremental to the average. That's a little bit more directional. I've always liked, especially early days, things that are very specific to this code, to this podcast. Uh, and then over time, like where we are today, it's so broad. It's so complex. It's not any one thing. Mm -hmm that makes a meaningful difference. Uh -huh. And so it's a more holistic measurement of our customer acquisition costs based on our overall spend. Okay. Okay. Would you be willing, but, to, yeah. would you be yeah, willing to share one of your top locations that customers come in through, whether that's like Facebook ads, um, TikTok, podcast referrals, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, depending on the season, depending on the program, it's one of the social media channels, right? We're like, it's, it's, we're pretty fluid between Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, um, YouTube. And so that historically and continues to be a big focus, that the, how, has the best opportunities to retarget people um, and, uh, and, and has the best opportunities to pivot too. You know, those prices can it can be difficult. It can be really difficult. The prices can be high. It's an auction system. Um, and so especially when budgets are tight, you got to be really careful with it. But I would say it kind of depends on if you're selling a consumer product or like a very defined service where you want to convert a certain amount of customers. There's that route. And then there's the route of we're going to build within a market. We're going to build community. We're going to be at events. We're going to kind of pick some overall local media options that kind of has a more holistic strategy, mm -hmm. less of a direct response, more of a, a longer tail, putting your foothold in a local market. But for us, it's always been going broad national, mm -hmm. going broadly national with a, with, with, a, a, with a, with a key message. And the creative is the variable. The creative is the variable. Generally, um, it used to be the targeting was the variable way back and there was a lot there's you know right now that's kind of been broadened a little bit so um but but that's where a lot of our but i would say we're probably less dependent on a, a facebook than the average consumer brand just because we are fairly broad in our scope yep um but it's a but those kind of places are a good place to start and learn it so i think you just segued perfectly into because i know we're getting we're getting tight on time and i want to do kind of i wanted to talk retail i wanted to get into uh shady rays entering the retail scene because that was a huge leap for you guys. Um, I mean, obviously like you're, you've always been direct to consumer, um, right? E-commerce, you've never sold through any affiliates or any other places. It's always been direct. And I obviously have the pleasure of working with your team and executing 
and these and in these retail stores. I mean, they're gorgeous. And so I guess my question to you is a first, what, what, why did you get into retail? What was the goal of getting, of opening Shady Ray's retail stores? And then B, where do you see, where do you see you guys going from here? As far as, I mean, are you seeing, are you seeing good traction and growth? Are you getting a lot of good feedback? Um, I won't ask how many, how, how far you're going to go with it. Um, but I, I just, I'm just curious, like, you know, why'd you get into it? and how it's going and what you guys are seeing. I think what's exciting about retail is that we can give people this living, breathing, full 360 Shade Rays experience and an experience that we own and can we infuse our creativity into in an in-person format. And it, it's an incredibly native connection between our online customers and our in-store customers. You can buy online, you can return in store, vice versa, use the placement program, one versus the other. And so it's, it's a strategic brand building brand and, and brand penetration strategy in, in key markets. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is, that is a big piece of it. You know, I think a lot about like, what is the best way for someone to experience Shay Rays the first time? There are lots of different ways people experience it the first time different types of content, sitting on the couch for a commercial, see a product on Facebook, walk into a store. Right. You know, right up there at the top is walking into one of these uh, beautiful stores and um, and getting that that full experience, being able to try all the products. Um, they've been they've been really, really great to build credibility of the product, of course, drive sales. Um, we are at right now close to having five total stores open mm -hmm. nationwide. They are in um, a variety of cities of different sizes, different parts of the country, different weather patterns, um, different type of centers, mm -hmm. different footprints. And um, I think that, you know, while we're seeing a lot of strong results, we still have a lot to learn in dialing in this model, how we build these stores and market, how we, drive sales and merchandise the product and inevitably then how we expand and what's the right way to do that. Right. So right. that's where, that's the place we're at right now. We've done so much work, um, you know, our team with you on building out these stores themselves. We'll get live. We're in the midst right now, as you know, of getting the last two live yep. and we're hot and heavy and summer is approaching and all of that. And, uh, and really kind of focusing on that execution moment. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, it'll kind of be a reflection, get through this high time and execute as best we can and then see how that, how that, uh, how that, how that continues. But we definitely love own stores mm -hmm. as a brand strategy. Well, I think, um, you know, one of the things I've seen, obviously from working so closely with your team on these, uh, the pressure's on for these last two. I mean, we're, we're, the, we're racing to the finish line. But what I, what I, it was interesting that I had this conversation, Chris, with some of my team uh, about, you know, we we're talking about like how you know, the stores you guys have opened and, and how they're doing. And, and, you know, I've, and I'm like, well, it's not just about what the store is selling. Obviously they want this, you want your store to be selling a lot of merchandise, but you've built a brand that's very recognizable and so broad that it's about, it's also like the experience part of it. Like you can't necessarily probably quantify or put a dollar sign on what it means for 
John that lives out in Denver to walk into a Shady Ray store, try a pair of sunglasses or snow, snow goggles on, you can't always give that a one-to-one, -one, right? Like, oh, well, we converted. Well, like, yeah, maybe he didn't buy sunglasses that day, but now, now he feels more connected. So over the next three or four years, maybe he buys three, four, five, six pairs. Maybe he buys some merch, right? Maybe he's sharing it out with his friends and they're coming into the store. So that's what I think is beautiful and, and unique about your retail, your retail push is that, yes, it is obviously number one, let's sell merch, let's sell sunglasses. But I feel like what you're saying right up there is the experiencing our brand in a physical place that we could interact because you know, what, a couple of years ago when COVID hit, everybody's like, retail's dead, right? Retail's not coming back. Well, I can tell you right now, after seeing the places we're putting, where you guys are opening up stores, retail is not dead. And there is a very big push to have a great place to go and interact with a brand. And I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just think the way, what you guys have been doing and the way you've approached it, um, it's really, it's really unique and really cool to see been exciting it's been really exciting uh to, and pretty surreal to, to see it see them the stores come to life yeah i mean you can walk up and see <laughs> your you know it's your baby yeah shady raisin it's your baby right it's like seeing your baby come to life you're like oh man i get to walk in to like my store like that's cool that's awesome since we're coming yeah, up yeah. on on time here real quick i, I just want to try to throw out these last couple of questions that cole and i typically ask every guest that comes on the show and once again thank you for the time it's been uh very insightful really appreciate it what what advice would you give your younger self and then what advice would you give to your future self oh gosh oh that's a good one it's always a tough wow. one. uh advice to my younger self off the top of my head maybe uh enjoy the ride a little bit more in those early years it's a good one um you know constant edge of your seat right push forward <laughs> that's a good thing but uh maybe not for your personal health take some, take some time <laughs> to smell the roses yeah right take yeah i mean people tell me that a lot celebrate you know take a moment right. celebrate let's move right on to the next thing um advice for my future self might be the same one. I, I would uh, yeah i know that's why I'm, I'm tempted to say the same thing i, I mean, was because i was thinking for um, myself i'm like if, if you were pointing the question at me like that's such a good one to use for future self too i mean right enjoy enjoy like be present yeah be present in the, in the journey the journey is new and different still very exciting in different ways um and i know that you know i'll look back on these times in the future and really think fondly of them. And, um, and so knowing that and being grateful for that, I think is something I try to keep, would, should try to keep high awareness of. Amen. Very cool to that. Dude. Awesome. Well, I mean, I, we could, I could probably sit here, Chris, we could talk all day, but I know you got a role. So, I mean, I just, I just want to say thanks for coming on. This has been, Super insightful. Head to uh, shadyrays.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go check out Shady Rays. Shady Rays everywhere. Shadyrays.com. Check them out Shady Rays on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. Um, I mean, their gear. I, I, like I said, I'm not a 
I'm not a big, 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 like, br like brand loyal person. Like, I don't really don't care until I find something I like. And I, I mean, the fact that like, I, so I broke a couple of these and I just went online, typed in to me, that's huge. Right. Cause like, I mean, these are, these are the deep blues, which I know, uh, color rush is kind of what they're being rebranded as. I can put mm -hmm. them on. I can't really see the screen right now, but they're my favorite sunglasses, favorite fishing. I will not go anywhere without them. I've got three other pairs at home, but I didn't know if I wanted to stack them all right here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, awesome, awesome, awesome product and, and check them out. Yeah. Check them out. Go get your, get yourself a pair. Thanks guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks Chris. God bless. Thank you. All right. See you all. Bye. Bye.